Welcome to the teaching ministry of Calvary, Port St. Lucie. Let's join student and creative arts pastor Will Price with the message, When Prayer Doesn't Work. Well, hey, my name's Will. I'm the pastor for youth and creative arts here at Calvary. Uh, pastor Mike's still on vacation, um, but he'll be back next week to I think we're going to be back in Revelation. I'm not really sure, um, but I know you're looking forward to that. In fact, I look around and I'm thinking, okay, it's either the holiday or people found out I was back again this week to speak. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. But anyway, I'm excited to be with you. We're in part two of a series on prayer. And last week, if you, if you missed it, um, the big idea was this, that when it comes to prayer, prayer should be real talk with a real God who wants a relationship with you. This week, my message is titled, When Prayer Doesn't Work. When Prayer Doesn't Work. And the big idea is that prayer does work unless it doesn't. All right? To put it another way, prayer doesn't always work. And so with that, let's pray and ask God to bless uh, our time together as we study his word. Father, thank you that we have your word. Um, Thank you that we live in a country that we can get together around your word and and learn more about you. God, as we study your word, we ask for your Holy Spirit to be here. Speak to our hearts, we pray in Jesus' name, amen. So in December of 2015, I got one of those phone calls that that you dread. Uh, My buddy called me and uh, told me that our mentor, Dr. Travis Plumley, had become very ill and the outlook was not uh, very good. And so during that time, um, we got a prayer chain going out like all over the world. And, and if you know Travis, um, which many of you do because he's been here to speak a couple of times, but if you know Travis, you know that he was a very um, effective guy when it came to ministry. I mean, he he's, was reaching people all over the world with the gospel and training parents how to be better parents and training couples how to uh, be, be better, uh, to, to, to do better in their marriages. And, you know, it, it, it was a time that was difficult, but man, you know, we believed that God could do a miracle. And so this prayer chain went out to thousands of people. And we all began to pray that God would heal Travis. Um, and, and here's the thing, like we all believed that God would do it. Like we really believed that God was gonna heal Travis because again, he was just doing incredible things for God's kingdom. Um, to us, it was like, man, surely God's not gonna take this guy out. And so we prayed with great faith believing God for a miracle. But what I want you to know this morning is that God didn't do it, okay? God didn't do it. He didn't answer our prayers because on January 28th, 2016, um, Travis passed away from complications uh, from his illness. Um, And I'll be honest with you guys, like it doesn't make sense to me why God took him out. Um, You know, he he was being so effective uh, and, and all those things. And so from the human perspective, it's like, man, God, I don't get this. God, it doesn't make sense. And, and I don't want you to get me wrong. Um, I, I'm not mad at God. I've never been mad at God because of uh, Travis's passing. Um, but it, it, was, it was very difficult, you know, to go through. Um, and look, I celebrate that Travis is in heaven with Jesus. I really do. Um, I'm, and I'm a bit jealous. Yeah, we can clap for that. That's a, a great thing. When we know that someone is at home with Jesus, praise God for that. Um, a bit jealous that he's there and I'm not. Um, but here, here's what I learned, okay? And, and not just from that particular circumstance, but also from just life experience and, and being in ministry for so long and 
hearing people's stories. Here's what I've learned. I've learned that sometimes my desires don't match God's desired outcomes. Sometimes my desires don't match God's desired outcomes. And if I could be so boldly to put it another way, um, prayer doesn't always work. Prayer doesn't always work. Now, I think if we're all being honest, we would admit that we've probably wrestled with that a little bit. Maybe we wouldn't admit it publicly, but I think we've all wrestled with that. Um, because here's what I know. Whether it's a struggle with sin, a relationship, finances, health, or something else, I really believe we all know what it's like to pray about something and, and nothing happened. Like, like we all know what it's like to cry out to God and, and feel like maybe he's ignoring us or not listening to us, right? I mean, you, you guys, is it just me or do you guys know what I'm talking about this morning? Okay, Here, here's our note. Some of you are here today and you prayed for the cancer to be healed, but it killed, right? Some of you are here today and you prayed for your marriage to be restored, but you're divorced. Hey, so some of you are here today and maybe you prayed for a financial breakthrough, but you're like, Pastor, I'm broke, right? First of all, let me say this. You're not alone, okay? Of all of you who have prayed and experienced prayer that doesn't work, you're not alone. You're in good company, but I also want you to know this, that this experience of prayer not working isn't anything new. Okay, th this has been going on for thousands of years. In fact, many people in the Bible experienced prayer that didn't work. For example, in the book of Psalms, chapter 88, verses 13 and 14, the writer says this. He says, but I, O Lord, cry out to you. In the morning, my prayer comes before you. Oh, Lord, why do you cast my soul away? Why do you hide your face from me? Does that sound like prayer that's working? I don't think so. Can't also help but think of David. I mean, this guy prayed, and I think, I believe it's uh, 2 Samuel chapter 12. He, he prayed for his sick son to be healed, but what happened? The little boy died. And, and then Job Come on, how many of you feel like Job right now in your life? Like everything's just crashing down. My goodness, this guy, he, he, he said this in Job chapter 30, verse 20. He said, I cry out to you, O God, but you do not answer. You do not answer. Right? The, the, the prayer wasn't working. And let's not forget the apostle Paul, who prayed three times for God to remove the thorn from his flesh. But God didn't do it. He just didn't do it. And look, I don't know why we're afraid to admit it. I don't know why we want to try to deny it. Maybe we don't want to look less spiritual than we really are. Maybe it's just the way that we've always been taught. But the truth is this, folks. Over and over again, both in our lives and in the Bible, there are times when prayer didn't work. Okay, the question I want to tackle with you this morning is why? Why is it that sometimes prayer doesn't work? And thankfully, the Bible has a lot to say about this issue. So here's what I wanna do this morning. This morning, I wanna share four reasons why prayer sometimes doesn't work, okay? Three of the reasons I'm gonna share with you have to do with you and me. And then the fourth reason has to do with God, and it's something that's completely out of our control. 
Now, before we look at the first three reasons why prayer doesn't work, I want you to think about electricity, okay? Electricity. Now, electricity is one of the greatest discoveries ever. Um, it's something most people couldn't live without. I mean, can, can, like right now, could you imagine life without electricity? Uh, right? Like, guys, you would not be able to use your power tools or play Call of Duty. You know what I'm saying? Ladies, you wouldn't have been able to blow dry your hair this morning to come to church. Like, life without electricity would make life so much more difficult than it already is. But here's the thing with electricity. Sometimes it doesn't work. Sometimes it doesn't work. And there, there's a lot of different reasons why electricity doesn't work. Sometimes a storm can knock out the flow of electricity. Uh, sometimes, like yesterday, FPL can do their thing where they cut it off for a split second and then ruin my kill streak on Destiny. Oh, my goodness. But here's, here's what's interesting. And I think that we we forget how incredible like things are sometimes, but, <laughs> and I know this is simple, it's probably not gonna blow your mind like it does mine, but folks, you and I have the ability to affect electricity with a flip of a switch. How cool is that? Like we do it every day. It's just like one of those normal parts of life. Turn it on, turn it off. It's like no big deal to us. But to me, it's like, wow, I, I, can, I can affect the flow of electricity. And I don't know if this is a Florida thing or not. I'm from Arkansas. Go Razorbacks. Woo pig suey. But anyway, I'm from Arkansas, moved here about six years ago. And I'd never seen this before. But when we moved into our house, um, we discovered that there are switches on the wall that control the, the, the power to the outlets. Do you have this in your home? Like, this is weird to me. I, I don't know. I don't know why you have to turn it on and off. But anyway, um, so we have these switches that control the power to the outlets. If the switch is on, the outlets work. If the switch is off, the outlets don't work. And I can't tell you how many times my kids have yelled at me from across the house, Dad, my charger won't work. And I'm like, just flip the switch. Right? They flip the switch, it comes on. Um, here's the point. I think prayer is a lot like electricity. See, prayer is kind of like a direct flow um, to God. And what's interesting is that there is an on-off switch that can cut the flow. And, and so what I want to submit to you this morning is that that on-off switch can be turned off by you and I due to three things, okay? And so, so why does it prayer work sometimes? Well, here's three things. Number one, sinful living. Sinful living. Why doesn't prayer work? Well, sometimes it's because of sinful living. Okay, I want you to check out Isaiah chapter 59, verses one and two. We'll look at verse one first. It says this, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened, that it cannot save, or his ear dull, that it cannot hear. Now, at first glance, this verse is good news, right? God can and does hear our prayers, and he is mighty to save us from our troubles. Yay, God, right? We love that about God. But folks, if we're to keep this verse in its proper context, what we'll realize is that the reason Isaiah wrote those words is because the people that he was uh, around at that time started complaining that God wasn't listening to them, okay? And, and so what was happening was they were going through difficult times and they were praying to God and they started to think things like, oh my goodness, does God not care about us anymore? 
Like, like has he stopped listening to our cries for help? God, where are you? And so Isaiah says, behold. In other words, like, hey, listen. The Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save or his ear dull that it cannot hear. In other words, folks, when it comes to your unanswered prayers, God's not the problem. God's not the problem. Look at verse two. He says, it's your iniquities that have made a separation between you and your God and your sins have hidden his face from you so that he does not hear. And so Isaiah makes it clear that when it comes to prayer that doesn't work, sometimes it's because of sin. It's because of sin. And, and, and understand this morning, if you are a child of God, there's nothing that can break that relationship. Okay, Romans 8, 38 and 39, nothing can separate us from, from the love of God. That relationship can't be broken. But what you need to know this morning is that the flow of communication that you have with God through prayer can be broken because of sin. Another reason why prayer doesn't work is this, misguided motives. Okay, so to answer the question, why doesn't prayer work? Well, sometimes it's because we have misguided motives. Okay, check out James 4, 3. It says, you ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passions. Look, a lot of times when we pray, including myself, we pray to God to ask him to change our circumstances because we want life to be better. We, we want life to be more convenient, okay? We do that, right? And, and, a, and a very, very fresh recent example would be uh, a dollar figure to the tune of about $700 million dollars couple of weeks ago, right? Be honest. Some of you were like, God, please let me win Powerball. <laughs> and you, you held your ticket and you said, would you please bless it in Jesus' name? <laughs> okay. Lord, if I win, I will tithe 10% and I'll build Calvary Christian Academy across the street. <laughs> Lord, I will be so generous. Would you please bless my Powerball ticket in Jesus' name, right? Now, that's a little bit of an extreme example, but we do that. And, and what you need to know this morning is that at the end of the day, uh, we cannot slip our misguided motives past God. We can't, we can't disguise our motives with things like, oh, I'm going to do this for your glory. Or, oh, this is for the good of, 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 of people, you know. Psalm 16:2 says it this way. All a person's ways seem pure to them, but the motives are weighed by the Lord. The motives are weighed by the Lord. And so, hey, look, like, we're human. We're not perfect. Uh, sometimes we can fool ourselves into thinking that we're doing something for God's glory and for the good of other people when really we have selfish motives. Uh, but God's gonna weigh that and God's gonna see that, okay? And, and so the Bible's clear. When it comes to prayer that doesn't work, folks, sometimes it's because we have misguided motives. And then sometimes prayer doesn't work because of doubt. Sometimes prayer doesn't work because of doubt. Check out James 1, 5 through 7. It says, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him. But let him ask in faith, with no doubting, 
for the ones who doubt, for the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. Okay, I think this is pretty simple. If we doubt, we shouldn't expect anything from God. If we doubt, we shouldn't expect our prayers to work. And I love the parallel between our prayers that are doubtful and the waves of the sea. Now, I haven't been to the beach in a long time. Um, but when I go to the beach, I like to watch the waves. I'm sure you do too. It's just, there's something just soothing and comforting and um, awesome about the waves crashing onto the shore. But the thing about waves is they come onto the shore and then they go back out. Like, right, right, the water comes on and it goes back out. And then just the water comes on and it goes back out. And I could lull you to sleep doing this all day, right? Just back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And, and James is saying, look, our prayers can look like that when we doubt. Back and forth and back and forth, right? And, and so sometimes we'll pray with what seems like great expectation, but then what do we do? We doubt that God will actually do anything. Or, or we'll ask in faith. We'll say that, God, I'm praying in faith, believing for a miracle, right? And then we'll get impatient because God didn't answer it in the time that we wanted to, and, and we'll start to doubt, right? And so back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. The Bible is clear here, folks. Sometimes our prayers don't work because of that back and forth doubting that we do. And so three things that you and I can do here when prayer doesn't work. We can be living sinful lives. Our motives can be misguided and, and, and we could be doubting, okay? Those are three things that the Bible teaches us can cut the flow of communication with God resulting in times when prayer doesn't work. And then there's this fourth thing, okay? And, and this is a hard one because it's something that is hard to understand it's something that's completely out of our control. And it's something that I think that a lot of us have difficulty with. And it's God's will. God's will. You know, why, why, why is my prayer not working? Well, it could be because you're sinning. It could be because your motives. It could be because of doubt. Or it could be because of God's will. Now, God's will is a bit of a mystery, okay? When I think about God's will, you know, it's, it's this plan that is vast and, 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 it, and it, it involves a plan for all creation, but it's also as specific as his plan for, for our individual lives. And so when we think about God's will, it's like this framework or, or blueprint, if you will, um, of God's plan for humanity, and I, I can't give you a comprehensive theology of God's will. We'd be here all day, but I'll say this. God has a purpose for your life, okay? God has a plan for your life. You're not a puppet on a string. You have free will. You, you can make choices in your life um, as to whether or not you're gonna do this or that. But there is this overarching plan that God has for your life, okay? And it's called his will. Now, Isaiah 46, 9 through 11 says this. Remember, 
the former things of old. For I am God, and there is no other. I am God, and there is none like me, declaring the end from the beginning, and from ancient times things not yet done, saying, my counsel shall stand, and I will accomplish all my purpose. Look, we may not understand it. We may not like it sometimes. But God is going to accomplish his will. And what we have to understand this morning is that there are no words fancy enough that we can pray. There are no special postures that we can put ourselves into when we pray. There are no elaborately decorated prayer closets that we can decorate and pray in to change God's will. God's will will be done. And I love what Adrian Rogers said about the relationship between prayer and God's will. He said, nothing lies outside the reach of prayer, but that which lies outside the will of God. Isn't that good? You remember earlier when I said, sometimes my desires don't match God's desired outcomes? Listen, my desire for Travis to stay alive and continue to mentor me and continue to impact this world for the kingdom of God didn't match God's desired outcome for Travis's life. Like I've come to terms with that, okay? Travis's death was God's will and there was no amount of prayer that, that would change that. Okay, here's the point. When it comes to prayer that doesn't work, sometimes it's because of the will of God. So let's recap real quick. Sometimes prayer doesn't work. There are many reasons why, but three from the human perspective are sinful living, misguided motives, and doubt. And then another reason, which is totally out of our control and from God's perspective, is his will. Now, here's what I wanna do for the rest of our time. What I wanna do for the rest of our time is give you some application points concerning those things to help you navigate the problem of prayer that doesn't work. Because here's the thing, with the first three things that I shared with you, there's something we can do about it. There's something we can do about it. And so if you're taking notes, write this down. When it comes to sin and misguided motives and doubt, I can flip the switch. I can flip the switch. Let me show you what I'm talking about. Remember earlier when I compared our prayer life to electricity? And I told you that with electricity, uh, you can change or affect it with the flip of a switch. Remember that? Well, folks, the same is true when it comes to our behaviors that affect our flow of communication to God. There are things that we can do to flip the switch. Okay, turn to the person next to you and say, flip the switch. Okay, so I hope you get this, okay? And I hope every time you flip a switch, you remember this stuff, okay? But check this out. What you need to know this morning is that sin can cut the flow, but confession can flip the switch. Sin can cut the flow, but confession can flip the switch. James 5.16 says this, therefore confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working, okay? Now I underlined those things right there for a reason. And the reason I underlined them is to show you the relationship that they have with each other. Okay, do you see the, the connection between confession and prayer 
and righteousness and the workability of prayer. Do you see that? This verse is calling us to confess our sins and then pray. And, and then look at the result. The prayer of a righteous person, which is someone who, who has confessed their sins to God and, and is a believer in Jesus Christ, it, their prayer has great power as it's what? As it's working. You want your prayers to start working more often? You want to stop struggling with prayer that doesn't work? Hey, confess your sin to the Lord before you pray. Because sin can cut the flow, but confession can flip the switch. Let me ask you something this morning. How's your prayer life? How's your prayer life? Can I just tell you, if, if your prayer life doesn't seem to be working, it could be because there's unconfessed sin in your life. Okay, that's the bad news. Here's the good news. Confession can flip the switch. And thank God that we can confess our sins. And he is, 1 John 1, 9, faithful and just to forgive us for our sins. And listen to this, cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. Make sense? All right, what about motives? Here's what I want you to know. I want you to know that misguided motives can cut the flow, but walking in the spirit can flip the switch. Misguided motives can cut the flow, but walking in the spirit can flip the switch. Galatians 5.16 says it this way. Walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the spirit and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. For they are opposed to each other. Why? To keep you from doing the things that you want to do. Folks, this passage of scripture here is about our, how our flesh and our spirit influence our behavior. Okay, when it's talking about the flesh, it's talking about our old way of thinking and behaving. When it's talking about the spirit which lives inside of us, it's talking about the spirit of God inside of us enabling us to think and behave in a new way. But what I want you to see here is that the emphasis is on walking in the spirit. And it says when we walk in the spirit, we won't gratify those old desires from our flesh. Why? Well, to keep us from doing the things that we want to do. And so, so here's what you need to know. When we're walking in the Spirit, we're not going to go around doing the things, saying the things, and I would submit to you praying the things that we want. Instead, we're going to do all those things that the Spirit wants us to do. Okay? And so here's the good news. If your prayer isn't working, bad news, maybe it's because of misguided motives, okay? Good news, as a follower of Jesus Christ, you have the Spirit within you. You have that. When you become a believer, God deposits His Spirit inside of you. You have that. But what you need to understand is that walking in it is a conscious choice you have to make every day where you say, okay, God, I'm walking in the Spirit I'm dead to my flesh, and I'm walking in your spirit. God, I pray your spirit would guide me, my thoughts, my actions, my behavior, my prayers, everything about me. I want to walk in your spirit. Because, folks, if you don't, if you don't walk in the spirit and you get in the flesh, I'm telling you right now, your motives come into question. Does that make sense? So misguided motives can cut the flow. But walking in the spirit can flip the switch. Are you walking in the spirit? 
Are you walking in the Spirit? Let's talk about doubt. All right? Earlier I said that sometimes prayer doesn't work because of doubt. Okay? So here's your point here. Doubt can cut the flow, but expectation can flip the switch. Doubt can cut the flow, but expectation can flip the switch. Look at Psalm 5.3. It says, O Lord, in the morning you hear my voice. By the way, you know, we talk about how prayer can be a morning thing, an afternoon thing, a, a night thing, like, oh, if you're not a morning person, then you can pray at night, you know, and I'm not against that per se, but the more I look at scripture, the more I find people praying in the morning. I just want to throw that out there. Uh, I think we need to be praying in the morning. I think we need to start our day this way, praying to God. Oh, Lord, in the morning, you hear my voice. In the morning, I prepare a sacrifice for you, and I watch, okay? Now, underline that word watch, circle it, remember it, because that word watch means, literally, to wait in expectation. Everybody say expectation. Folks, when we pray, we should be praying with great expectation, eager to see God move, Okay, and look, even if I have to wait, even if last time it didn't work, even if the odds seem stacked against me, I should be praying with great expectation. Why? Because doubt can cut the flow. Doubt can cut the flow, and so I need to go with, to God with great expectation because that can flip the switch. So I want to ask you this morning, are you praying with expectation? All right, one more quick recap. And then I want to talk about God's will. Okay, when it comes to prayer that doesn't work, sometimes it's because of unconfessed sin, misguided motives, and doubt. The good news for all those things is we can flip the switch. Okay, turn to the person next to you one more time. Say, flip the switch. All right, now comes the hard part. And that's prayer that doesn't work because of God's will. Okay, If you're taking screenshots, get this one. When it comes to God's will, we can't flip the switch. But we can change the way that we pray. We can't flip the switch on God's will, but we can change the way we pray. Let me give you two thoughts on this. If you want to see more success in your prayer life, in other words, if you want to see prayer that works We need to learn to pray God's word. We need to learn to pray God's word. God gave me this this past week. Okay, here it is. The more you know the word, the closer you will be to God's heart. And the closer you are to God's heart, the more likely you will pray according to his will. And there is a verse that jumped off the pages to me like never before as I was studying this past week. And it's John chapter 15, verse seven. Jesus said, if you abide in me and my word abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Now, a lot of people will quote the last part of that verse 
and, and just go around saying, hey, ask whatever you wish in Jesus' name and it will be done for you. Just believe it and receive it. Name it, claim it. Ask whatever, Jesus will do it. But that's not what it says, is it? No, it says, if you abide in me and my word abide in you, ask what you will and it will be done for you. Friends, there is a direct connection between intimately knowing Christ and his word and experiencing prayer that works. Do you see that? Listen, when you're close to Jesus and you know his word, he says, ask whatever, and it's gonna be done. Now, does that mean that you can ask for a Bugatti and get it? No. Let me tell you something. If you're close to Jesus and you know his word, you're not gonna ask for something like that to begin with. Right? Does this mean that you can pray and ask God to make you win the Powerball? No. Again, if you're close to Jesus and you know his word, you're not gonna ask for things like that. Instead, your prayers are gonna sound more like this. Father, I pray that you will supply what I need according to your riches and glory. What I need, not what I want. Give me what you want for me. I want your will to be done. Okay, and so with that, I wanna ask you this morning, are you abiding in Christ? And do you know his word? Because the more time you spend focusing on those two things, the more your prayers are gonna start lining up with God's will and the more success you're gonna have with prayer that actually works. Amen? Amen. All right, here's the last thing. When it comes to prayer and God's will, sometimes we just gotta rely on the Holy Spirit. We gotta rely on the Holy Spirit. Romans chapter eight, verses 26 and 27 says this. It says, likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we do not know what to pray as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches hearts, which is the Father, knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. All right, now let me just real quick tell you what this passage is not referring to, because there's some misunderstanding concerning this passage, okay? This passage is not referring to speaking in tongues or a special prayer language. Let me tell you why. Actually, before I do that, let me tell you this. Here at Calvary, we are continuationists, which means we believe that the gifts of the Spirit are for today, okay? We believe that here at this church. But this particular passage is not about that, okay? Number one, it clearly states here that it is the Spirit that intercedes for us, not through us. It's something he does for us. Second of all, the groanings are, and I quote, too deep for words, which literally means unable to be uttered, okay? Now, speaking in tongues involves believers, you, like you and I, uttering words, okay? And so because of those three things, it's impossible that this verse is referring to speaking in tongues or a special prayer language. So here's what you need to know. Okay, the overarching intent of Paul here is to encourage us to know that in times of weakness, okay, when, we, when we're experiencing pain, when we're experiencing 
heartache and suffering and when life is confusing and we're very emotional and we don't even know what to pray, Paul's saying, listen, the spirit will intercede for you on your behalf. In other words, he's gonna let God know on your behalf what you need. Like you may not even be able to express it, but he can express it for you according to God's will. Okay, Paul's not saying like, like, hey, when you're in a total mess, don't pray, just let the spirit do it. No, that, I mean, that would go against other scriptures that, that tell us, man, we need to be crying out to God, right? Instead, I think the point here is that in our weakness, as we're pouring out our hearts to God, not even knowing what we need, not even understanding what the next step might be, not, ever, not even like, we don't even get it. Like we're just crying out to God. The comfort that we can have is that the Holy Spirit has a ministry where he intercedes for us. And what is he doing? He's conveying our deepest needs according to the will of God to the Father. Isn't that good? It's so good that that ministry of the Holy Spirit is there for us. But I, I can't tell you how many times that I've just been weeping before the Lord, like not even knowing, like I don't even know what I need, God, I just know I'm hurting. And, and to know that the Spirit is interceding on my behalf brings so much comfort to my soul. So folks, we need to understand that sometimes our prayer doesn't work because our desires don't match God's desired outcomes, okay? Sometimes our prayers aren't in line with his will. But I think when we begin to pray God's word and abide in Christ and his word abiding in us, literally praying scripture, I think we'll find our prayers more closely aligned to his will. And sometimes we just have to rely on the Holy Spirit when we don't know what to do and we don't know what to say. All right, let me, let me close with a moment of vulnerability. A little bit. Um, my wife and I have been dealing with an issue in our family for a couple of years now. Um, I'm not gonna go into detail about what's been going on. Um, there's no sin in, uh, in, in our lives, in our marriage, or anything like that. It's nothing like that. There's just... There's just Something's been going on. And it's something that has weighed very heavy on us. It's something that has caused a lot of pain and suffering for us. And I tell you that not to get sympathy, but to let you know that, you know, we've been praying that God would show up and he would do something. But if I'm being completely honest with you this morning, he hasn't. And, and, and to be totally transparent with you, there have been times when my wife and I have looked up in a moment of prayer and said, God, do you, like, do you care? <laughs> like, what, why is this happening to us? Are you listening? Like, why, why would you not step in and fix this? Like, we've prayed for wisdom and we've done, we feel like we're doing our part, you know, and like, but it's not, it's not working. And so that's what we've been going through. But here's what I want you to know this morning. I want you to know that, that this thing that we've been dealing with, coupled with what seems like unanswered prayer, 
has really stirred a longing deep down in our souls to evaluate our own spiritual lives and to lean into God like never before. And so we're in this season where we're asking ourselves, you know, is there sin? Like in our personal lives that's cutting off the flow? Are are our motives with this misguided? Are we we going to God and asking him this stuff and then doubting that he'll even do anything? You know, and, and hey, what if it's just God's will that we suffer like this for a season? So look, I want you to know that through this, the season of our lives, we've come to the conclusion that when our prayers aren't working, it's not meant to drive us away from God. It's meant to drive us closer to his heart. I wanna invite the prayer partners to go ahead and come forward. And we're just just gonna have a time of prayer, okay? I just, I just want to ask you this morning, are your prayers working? Or are you experiencing times, are you in a season where you go, you know what, God, are you, where, are you even there? Are you listening? Why are my prayers not working? If that's you this morning, it could be because you have some unconfessed sin in your life that you need to come clean with. It could be that you're not walking in the spirit. You're walking in the flesh, and because you're walking in the flesh, your motives are impure. It could be because you're doubting. And, and I get it, you know, we pray for things, and God's timing is not our timing, and, and from the human perspective, sometimes we just give up and we doubt, and hey, that's just human nature, okay, I get it. But if that's you this morning, doubting, misguided motives, sinful living, today's a good day to just come clean with that, to confess that and just spend some time in prayer asking God to change your heart. I don't know what you're going through, but it's not intended to drive you away from God. It's it's intended to bring you closer to his heart. So we're literally out of time. I wanna ask you to stand. We're gonna pray together. Um, But for those of you who need to do some business with God, this section of the room here is open for you to come do that. You can come right now. You can leave from where you are right now. You can confess your sins, confess your misguided motives, confess your doubt to one of these people. They'll pray for you. Um, From wherever you are, come on. Just come on down. I know I don't want you to be embarrassed or anything. You can wait. But if you need prayer today, don't leave here without doing it. Listen, folks, don't don't misunderstand, okay? The, the, the sermon is when prayer doesn't work, but you need to understand it does. And there is power in prayer, okay? Prayer does work and there's power in prayer. And so if you need that today, come forward um, and get that. Um, let's pray together. Father, I thank you that we can come to you with this flow of communication called prayer. I'm thankful, God, that it can be real talk and that you're a real God who wants a relationship with us. God, in our lives, sometimes our prayers aren't working. God, I thank you that today you've showed us some reasons why. 
I pray that we would take these reasons serious. I pray that we'd walk out of here uh, not defeated, but knowing that we can flip the switch. And I pray, God, that, that after today, that our prayer life will go to a place that it's never been before, that it'll be deeper than it's ever been before. And I pray these things in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you guys. Have a great week. We love you. One of the greatest gifts God can give his children is the assurance of their salvation. If you're not sure where you stand with God, we want to help. Visit our website at www.calvarypsl.com. Click on I'm New Here, then Knowing Christ.